Hello, welcome to Liberal Europe, a podcast on ideas, politics and all things European, European Liberal Forum project. My name is Leszek Jaszczewski and I really hope that you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Liberal Europe. This is Leszek Jaszczewski and we're talking today about elections in Poland. Not really surprising uh, issue, I think. And I have a great guest today. Uh, who is a real specialist, not just in the area, but in the elections in general, and on data. It's Paul Hilda, the CEO of Data Praxis. Uh, hello, Paul. Hi, Lejek. Great to be here. Great to have you here. So, Paul, tell us, uh, what are polls telling about the uh, elections? Who's going to win? <laughs> the current situation is honestly quite uncertain, uh, with the polls telling quite different stories. Uh, the polling average tells us uh, that uh, things are quite close, but maybe the opposition has a bit of an edge. Some of the polls, uh, say particularly one uh, Kari Kantar, has uh, Civic Platform, the leading opposition party, very close to Law and Justice, uh, who are the government party. Uh, I don't take that particularly seriously, uh, although Cantor will um, will be the one smiling if they're right on election day. Uh, at the same time, there are there are government-aligned uh, pollsters who show a much wider race. I've been doing some research in uh, Poland over the last uh, year or so, uh, really trying to get under the skin of the electorate and understand what's going on, not just with the people who are easy to get to answer polls, but with people who are less interested in politics and in the rural areas. Uh, I have to say, I think that uh, the law and justice government is stronger than a lot of the public polling is giving credit for in terms of their current support and their potential reservoir of support. Uh, at the same time, you know, the opposition is mounting much more of a serious challenge than they have at any point uh, in the last several years, uh, apart from possibly in the presidential race in 2020. So I, I do think that the race is finally in the balance uh, and what people do in the next 10 days or so will, will be determinative. Well, you, you mentioned the struggle. I, I, I have to ask you, uh, are those, do you expect free and fair elections? <laughs> would, you, would you call them that? I think most serious observers would say that what we're going to see in Poland on the 15th of October is a uh, free election in which people will be able to cast their votes for the most part freely. Some question marks in the rural areas, but, but mostly I think free, uh, but not fair because the government has uh, rigged the playing field in a number of important respects in terms of the way in which state broadcasting has become a propaganda machine, the role of state-owned enterprises uh, in heavily financing uh, the government-initiated uh, government referendum, uh, which is a device for driving up turnout on, on the right, um, and a number of other ways in which uh, we, we think that uh, it won't be fair, although Uh, I do think Poland is still a democracy. Uh, I do think that um, uh, the, the playing field is tilted. People from the outside, they think this is a really, really divided country and that perhaps voters on both sides must also be very different. Uh, and and you know, the political scene is very polarized. Can you describe, you've been looking into it, the characteristics of the voters on the broad opposition, in the broad opposition camp? 
uh, on the peace side, and maybe also additionally on the Confederacia, which is the mm. people got upstairs. Absolutely. Uh, so when it comes to the law and justice electorate, um, this is an electorate which is older overall, although not exclusively old. There are some younger people who vote for law and justice, particularly in the rural areas. It is more rural overall. It is lower education overall. Uh, and um, I would say really there is a sort of a, an older, more socially conservative, um, uh, relatively poor, relatively rural electorate. And then there are a lot of people for whom the uh, what's called the 500 plus uh, child benefits are important. This is younger families, again, more in rural areas. Uh, then there are people who are the winners from the peace system, uh, insiders, as well as people who are ideologically on the right. Uh, and um, then turning to the opposition. Um, so there are three different opposition parties, as many people will be aware. There's Civic Coalition, which is the traditional um, centre-right party. Now it's a more liberal centre uh, grouping in terms of its centre of gravity, uh, which is quite diverse in its voter base, tends to be more high education, um, uh, tends to be more urban, uh, more interested in politics, uh, socially increasingly liberal. Uh, which is one of the reasons why Tusk has moved them towards uh, more liberal positions on things like abortion uh, and even the separation of church and state. Uh, and then there's the Levitsa, the left. Um, uh, they, again, are, are very, very concentrated in, in cities, particularly the larger cities. And they, they have a, a core base, which I would describe as sort of cosmopolitan liberals. Uh, they're not um, intensely uh, left-wing in the way that left parties are in, in, in Western Europe sometimes. Uh, but very socially liberal, uh, as well as some of the post-communist electorate in, in, in the provinces. Uh, and then finally, you have the third way, uh, which is sort of a merger of to a, into an alliance of Shimon Holovnia, former TV host and presidential candidate in his Poland 2050 uh, list and the uh, traditional peasants party in the rural areas, um, which um, uh, has uh, a more socially conservative base. Uh, so, uh, and they're going for a more centrist positioning and more swing voters. Uh, then finally, um, Federacia list, the, uh, which is the traditional uh, hard right national conservative and libertarian wing. Uh, and they have relaunched themselves recently with two young leaders, um, Bozat, the former presidential candidate, and Slavomir Menson, who is an economist and businessman, very big on TikTok. Uh, they're trying to present themselves as the champions of economic freedom uh, and papering over their anti-European uh, and anti-women and various other aspects of their um, of their track record, uh, and they're appealing primarily to young men, uh, a lot of them uh, uh, outside of the, the major urban centres, um, uh, people who are doing reasonably well economically, but, but pissed off for one reason or another. It's a very anti-system. Thank you for this characteristic. I think uh, from the outside, it's, it's not very really clear who is in this race and, and maybe what is at stake. But what I'm wondering if you if you look at it from the outside, how do you see the the issues of this campaign? Uh, what what both sides see as the path to victory? I think, at least for my, myself, it's very hard to say. Do we really have any issues? I mean, it's most like who, who do you hate the most? But how how, mm. how do you feel about it? <laughs> well, it is true that uh, one of the questions that we've been asking in our 
closing research is what would the worst outcome be uh, the re-election of a peace government or um, the return of Donald Tusk as prime minister uh, and uh, it is no coincidence that the central theme in the final days uh, of each of those parties civic coalition will be saying we can't let peace come back they're evil uh, they have to be destroyed and rooted out and, and uh, uh, law and justice will be saying you can't let Donald's Tusk come back, stop Tusk, he's he's done terrible things before, he will do them again. And these are direct quotes from their advertisements, which which went up yesterday on social media, as I've been expecting they would do for the last several months. Um, so uh, th- th- there's a very negative uh, character to uh, to those campaigns. In, in terms of what's in people's minds, uh, cost of living, as it is in many European countries today, is the preeminent issue. Uh, and that's something which really crosses the political spectrum uh, for almost everybody. Uh, after that is health. Um, the Polish healthcare system is really struggling. Waiting lists are a huge problem in the country, but but the population, for the most part, doesn't really believe that anyone has a credible offer on health, uh, and the opposition hasn't really you know, been able to present something that would cut through on that topic. Um, uh, there are the, the social issues are um, strikingly salient, uh, particularly for women voters and undecideds, among whom there are many women. Uh, things like women's rights and abortion rights are very salient. There were these huge protests uh, over the further tightening of, of the abortion rules that took place uh, about three years ago, um, and the centre of gravity of the country has been moving on that. There are um, obviously issues around the Ukraine war and defence and security. Uh, there's been a growing dissatisfaction uh, with the huge number of um, Ukrainian refugees in the country. And, and um, one, this is one of the issues that Confederacia uh, has been trying to make hay out of. Uh, and uh, one of the reasons behind their rise, I think, is is uh, you know challenges around integration there. Law and justice have increasingly been trying to triangulate to um, uh, stop Confederacia from picking up voters who are pissed off with with migration, also raising the issue of migration on other fronts, talking about the border with Belarus uh, and the um, the question of the, the, the European scheme on uh, refugee resettlement uh, uh, and has, has indeed put that at the centre of a referendum uh, that it's mounting on the same day as the election. Uh, and then there are other issues like, I think, uh, widespread frustration on the opposition side and among Confederacia voters uh, with the waste, perceived waste of the um, the money that's going into the government handouts, although Civic Platform and Tusk seem to have decided they're just going to match the law and justice offer on that, that this was one of the things that weakened them in the past was people didn't trust them uh, and the chips were down to uh, uh, to follow through and, 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 and keep those handouts flowing and, and that this was important for a lot of swing voters. I would say, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that, that that strategy is entirely correct, but uh, but we will do some post-mortem maybe after the election. And um, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's most of it in terms of what we hear in focus groups and what we see uh, in the surveys. Looking at, at your data, I mean, the, the part that you can actually reveal is what do you think might, in the end, be the decisive issue or decisive strategy, especially with regard to people who haven't decided, the undecided, looking back or trying to look back from the election day? What do you think uh, might 
be the, the, the winning strategy for, for both sides in this case. Mm. Or, or maybe mistakes, or maybe it was mistakes of one or, or do you think it might be the visa scheme? I think it's been a little bit overblown on the on the democratic and liberal side that it might be the decisive blow for the peace. Some people say it might be a march, a big march on the on Sunday. Do you, do you think there is like a one one issue or one thing that might decide this election? So on on the law and justice side, uh, they have a very clear strategy for firming up uh, their support and bringing their remaining dispirited or undecided uh, voters out to vote. And one is the referendum. So lots of the people who are on the right, who are uncertain to vote, are more likely to be moved to vote in the referendum. And then when they show up, they will you know, reluctantly probably vote for the law and justice as well. Um, President Duda, uh, who is independent nominally, but very aligned with peace, I think will make an endorsement of peace in the final week, which will drive up turnout. And then there is just the, the high level of unfavorability in the country towards Donald Tusk, uh, uh, who has been, you know, for all his virtues, quite successfully toxified by law and justice over the last decade and more. Um, uh, that will be a mobilizing factor on the right, for sure. Uh, when it comes to the opposition, uh, I wouldn't put too much store in the march. Uh, uh, we did a lot of research around an earlier march this year, which did quite well, um, but primarily resonated with the opposition base. And uh, I think this one is, you know, it, 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 will, it shows presence, it shows seriousness, but uh, there were good numbers. But uh, ultimately, I don't think that's what decides things. Uh, really, on the opposition side, the, the question is whether um, the salience of some of these social issues, which the opposition um, really has an advantage on in a supermajority in the country, particularly around something like abortion, uh, but also separation of church and state. The, the more salient these issues are in people's minds, the more likely people are to be coming out and voting and, and, and voting for the opposition. I would say the, the threat to um, the relationship with Europe and the very practical question of the European money, which is currently blocked uh, and could be flowing into the Polish healthcare system and the Polish economy uh, to build the future, uh, is something the opposition hasn't done enough with and should do more with. Uh, in the final week or so, um, the critique of the government on inflation and public services needs to land, and there needs to be a sense that there will be an alternative. The question of, um, you know, is there a, a real threat that we will have a law and justice confederacia government, uh, those two forces coming together, um, you know, to rip apart people's social rights and, uh, uh, and also polarise on economics, um, th th that, I think, is going to be uh, a scary prospect for people. Uh, there are uh, people with, frankly, uh, crazy views in both of those parties. Um, uh, and simply the question of, you know, can our votes make a difference? Uh, and is, is there a possibility of, of hope and change in this country? Um, uh, and I think that one of the key uncertainties is whether uh, some of the anti-system voters who are more progressive, who are tempted by the third way, party um, and Holovnia, you know, can he turn those people out? And finally, you know, can uh, the opposition make good use of the of its most popular politician, Rafael Truskowski, the, the former presidential candidate and mayor of Warsaw? Uh, will his face be seen and voice be heard uh, in, the, in the final week and a half um, uh, is, is probably a critical question when it comes to 
turnout uh, because if people are mainly seeing Donald Tusk, who they've already decided many of the swing voters they don't like, uh, this could be doing more damage than help than than, uh, <laughs> uh, than rather than helping the opposition. I hope they are listening to it because they still have like a one week to the election since we're gonna uh, put it on there. We, we came to the very end of our time, but I have just very very quick question to you. If you were forced to bet ten thousand pounds, what would would you bet on? What results? I would bet on what we call a in Britain a hung parliament, where no party or force has an overall majority. Uh, and I think that the likeliest form of hung parliament at this point in time is that the the swing votes will be with Confederacia, uh, that the opposition will not, between those th three lists, have a majority together. Uh, and that could be a highly unstable situation where Confederacia could go with law and justice. They could end up deciding, I think this is less likely perhaps, to, to support the opposition briefly um, uh, to, to, to get rid of peace. Uh, or perhaps most likely there would be a new election uh, in which everybody would jostle for position and I would hope the opposition can put uh, a better foot forward in, in that kind of situation and the Confederacia would not have momentum. Um, uh, but uh, really, you know, these are questions for the day after uh, and I can be wrong and I always like to be surprised on the upside. I think there is a real um, prospect of the opposition having a majority together uh, and uh, if enough people do enough good things uh, over the next uh, week and a half, then really, you know, uh, anything anything is possible. Uh, well, let's keep fingers crossed for good people. Paul Hilda, thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure. Fingers crossed. This is all the day from Liberal Europe. Please tune in for the Carlos Silvestri in one week. Until two weeks, goodbye. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. And if you like what we are doing and want to help spreading the liberal values, Please give us a 5-star review and share with your friends.